successful life. To you who are graduating from high school, imagine that instead of the year being 2022, the year is 2092. Rather than being 18, you are now 88 and you are reflecting looking back over the life that you've lived the ups and the downs the highs and the lows the experiences that have made your life what it has become you are now in 2092 successfully retired or you might have published a novel or started a business or perhaps you have lived your life like most folks have quietly and without fame or fortune but with the satisfaction that you have made a difference. Maybe you made a difference with the children you taught or the leadership you exerted or the love you gave to your family and your friends that made their lives better and richer for having known you. So the query this morning, my young friends, is 70 years from now, what do you want your life's story to have been? What do you want others to say about you? What is your epitaph? What is your tombstone inscription? What do you want your thoughts and feelings to be as you look back over your life because nobody comes to the end of the road wishing that they'd spent more time at the office. Nobody comes to the end of their lives wishing that they had made more money. But people come to the end of their years wishing that they'd made a difference. Come with me. Come with me back to the future. Come with me back to the future. The Apostle Paul is writing to his young friend and understudy, Timothy. And he knows that if he wants to get over to Timothy what he's trying to teach him, he has to use language that Timothy will understand and more importantly relate to. 
Paul knows now that the finish line is in view. He's headed towards the backstretch. The labels of the empire are on his luggage. He's preached in Thessalonica. He's preached in Berea. He's preached in Corinth. Uh, Paul has preached in Galatia and Ephesus. He's been let down a wall in a basket. He's been run out of town by strangers. He's received 40 lashes minus one. He spent a day and a night in the bosom of the angry deep. Paul has known peril and nakedness and sword. And Paul is now coming to the end of his life. And when he looks back over his life, he does not wish for more money. He does not wish for fame or for fortune. But he wants to leave something with young Timothy that will help him and us to live a successful life. Paul uses athletic metaphors to tell his young mentee what he wants him to understand. Paul sees from his prison cell Nero's chopping block. Paul is about to be beheaded by the emperor Nero. He hears the axe being sharpened to perfection. He is in a Roman prison cell, but he is not Rome's prison. He's not a prisoner of Rome. He's in a Roman prison, but he's not a Roman prisoner because he's a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he hears the axe being sharpened. He knows that in a moment he's going to be beheaded. But he does not cower. He does not fear. He is not anxious. He is not nervous. There is no doubt or concern. He says to Timothy, I'm ready. I am now ready. I have arranged some things. I've, I've settled some things in my mind. I am now ready to be poured out like a drink offering. I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Young folk, you don't think about that because you're 18 or 26 or 31 or 49. You don't think about your end coming. But if you live, you're going to die. Life curtain will soon fall. Every one of us here had an entrance and every one of us here has an exit. Everybody here had a birthday and if the Lord Jesus delays his coming, everybody's going to have a dying day. But between your birthday and your dying day, between your entrance and your exit, your womb and your tomb, God is calling you to live a successful life. And here is how it's done. I have fought a good fight. Young people fight the good fight. This letter to Timothy is written about 67 A.D. 
while Paul is in a Roman prison cell. Paul will be eventually beheaded by orders of the Roman Emperor Nero not long after this letter, this epistle was written. Paul is a Jew by birth and a Roman by citizenship. So he would have some knowledge about the Roman sport of boxing. Boxing was a Roman sport that Paul was well familiar with. There was, there was boxing as legitimate sport, so much so that some of the Roman emperors participated in the, the sport of boxing. And then there was boxing that was illegal and illegitimate participated in by Roman gladiators. The former uh, form of boxing with markers of Queensberry rules was participated in by Roman emperors, but then there were the latter boxing that the gladiators participated in that was dirty and ruthless and no rules gouge your opponent's eyes out cheat if you have to trip if you want to undermine cut slap do whatever you have to do to win it's dog eat dog survival of the fittest be dirtier than your opponent be ruder and crueler and meaner than your opponent not the boxing that is the sport of emperors, but the boxing that's the sport of gladiators. Be low down. Cheat, scrounge, lie, steal. Do whatever you have to do to win. And you may win, but that's not a good fight. Paul says, I fought a good fight. A good fight has rules. A good fight respects the opponent. A good fight is a test of strength and endurance. A good fight is a fair fight. Young people, when you have difficulties in your life and there are things for which you may have to fight, there's a right way and a wrong way to state your case. There's a right way and a wrong way to defend your opinions. There's a right way and a wrong way to make your point clear. Life has rules. And listen, always remember that you're not fighting against people. You're fighting for a principle. Your fight is not against other people. Your fight is to defend your principles if you have some. Um, to fight a good fight is to be tenacious, strong, determined, courageous, tough, but fair respectful 
honest and merciful. Because when you fight like that, God is on your side. When your fight is clean and fair and respectful and honest, you may lose the battle, but you'll win the war. Because the race is not given to the swift. I wish I had a Bible reader. Nor the battle to the strong, but to whoever can hold out to the end. Paul says, know ye not that all of us participate in the race, but, but not everyone receives the prize. He said, I'm in the ring. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not beating the air for show. I'm not trying to impress folk who come to this church. I'm in this fight to win. And Paul says, my greatest fear is when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. I wish I had a witness here. Paul said, I don't want to help people to gain a prize that I disqualify myself to lose. Can I run that by you one more time? I don't want to help others gain a prize that I myself am disqualified to lose because I didn't play by the rules. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who has been memorialized and immortalized because, his, because of his nonviolent social action. Uh, Dr. King was a pacifist uh, in that he did not believe in striking a blow. Uh, Dr. King was attacked once in Alabama and uh, he almost put his hands up, but then he remembered his nonviolent uh, protest and he put his hands down to his side and the man attacked him and, and was beating him with his fist. But Dr. King would not raise his hand. They, they took the man away from him. Dr. King was stabbed on one occasion and would not press charges against the person who stabbed him because he was a pacifist uh, by his creed, by his nonviolent social activist creed. Uh, Dr. King and, and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference used to train in this place called Frogmore, South Carolina. And in Frogmore, South Carolina, they would go to nonviolent training. And um, uh, Pastor Isidore Edwards, who was my good friend who's gone to be with the Lord, uh, Pastor Edwards went with Dr. King to Frogmore to the training for nonviolent social action. And Isidore, who was not nonviolent, but he said Dr. King and he were friends and he wanted to participate. He wanted to see what it was like. So he went to Frogmore and he said the first day, because there were many whites who were sympathetic to the movement and they had joined uh, Dr. King and the nonviolent social action movement. And there were many whites in the movement. And uh, Isidore said he went and the first day they met each other and they gathered and they were friends and, and, and so on and so forth. But the second day, he said the training started and he said they would call you out of your name and, and uh, say all kinds of ugly things about you as an African-American. Isidore said he, he didn't like it, but, but he stayed. So the second day, he said they would start shoving you and, and pouring 
ice cream on you and, and pouring water and, and hot coffee on you. Isidore said he really didn't like that. But, but Dr. King was his friend, so he stayed. But the next day, Isidore said they would start punching with, you, with their fists and pushing you against the wall and, and knocking you down. He said, now, now Martin, I'm going to have to leave. And Dr. King said, Isidore, what's the matter? He said, uh, if one of these people hit me, I'm going to knock the devil out of him. He, he, he didn't say devil. He said some other things that I can't repeat. He said, because this wonderful, this is great, God bless you, this is your movement, but I'm more of a Black Panther than I am a Southern Christian Leadership Conference person. And so Isidore had to leave, and Martin Luther King is immortalized today. In every city across these United States, in countries outside the United States, he is immortalized and remembered and memorialized because he was true to his conviction. He fought the good fight. It, 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 it will not make you popular. It will not get you a whole lot of friends. Some folk may walk away from you because they can't stand what you can stand. But if you are determined to fight the good fight of faith, God will see to it that your life will make a difference. I fought a good fight. And then, young people, if you want to have a successful life, not only must you fight the good fight, but you got to finish the race. Paul switches metaphors from the boxing ring to a track and field event. To finish the race means not to start and stop, but to finish. And to finish the race, Paul suggests that you just cannot quit. When Paul was imprisoned in Philippi because he delivered a young girl who was being possessed by an evil spirit, he didn't quit. Because at midnight, Paul and Silas sang and prayed. And because he didn't quit, an earthquake opened the prison doors not to let Paul and Silas out, but to let the gospel in. When Paul was shipwrecked off the coast of Malta, he didn't quit. When he came under withering criticism from the original disciples of Jesus because he was an apostle born out of due season, he didn't quit. And finally, when Paul was old and tired and possibly sick, he traveled to Rome to appeal his case to Caesar, kept writing letters, praying for and preaching to everyone he met, telling the story of how God changed his life when he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. And in all of that, Paul didn't quit. He was so strong in his determination that Paul could write, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, perplexed, 
but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Paul ran the race he entered and stayed in it till the end. He finished by completing the task that God had assigned. When life gets tough, my young friends, don't quit. When others think you're crazy because of your career choice, don't quit. When it looks like you're not going to make the grades that you want, don't quit. When the task seems too hard and the days seem too long, don't quit. John Greenleaf, John Greenleaf Whittier John Greenleaf Whittier says, when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Uh, brothers and sisters, life is strange with its twists and turns as every one of us sometimes learns and many a failures come about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt and you can never tell just how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. For all the words of tongue or pen, the saddest words are what might have been. And there are some people in this church this morning crying over what might have been. They gave up too soon. They stopped praying too soon. They stopped trusting too soon. They stopped believing. They stopped fighting. They stopped running. They stopped warring too soon. Fight the good fight. Finish the race. You don't get paid for starting. You get paid for finishing. I mentioned to you who were here yesterday, um, be on time for everything. Get to class on time. Get to work on time. Uh, if you're supposed to be there at 8 o'clock, don't get there at 8 o'clock. Because if you get there at 8 o'clock, you're late. You get to work and work a full day's work. If you're supposed to be there at 9, don't get there at 9 because you got to read your emails, you got to check your Facebook account, you got to go get some coffee, you got to go use the bathroom, you got to look and see if your makeup is right, and by the time you start working, it's 10.15. I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. Everybody who manages young people on these jobs are saying to me that they have to mother and parent them because they don't know how to dress, they don't know how to act, they don't know how to talk. You can't go to work with all your breasts out, girl. 
I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. Learn how to talk. Learn how to be respectful. If you go to college to train yourself to think, don't come back home and be a fool. I want to say to the young people here at Lily Grove, intelligent young people, you remain intelligent. Don't lower your standards because you're trying to fit in with these people who are ignorant and going nowhere. Your mother and father or your mother by herself has sent you to school to train yourself. Don't you bring nobody home with his pants hanging down off his butt. Let that trash stay right in the street where you met him. He'll be driving your car bringing you to work at home watching the young and the restless because he doesn't have anything going for him. You've trained yourself to think. Use your head for more than a weave. I hear it all the time I hear it all the time and I'm greatly chagrined every time I hear it and I want you young people to listen to me when you speak well when you are well spoken when you are as intelligent as your pastor when you dot every I and cross every T and pronounce every consonant and use every vowel and make sure that your adjective clauses match with your adverbial phrases. When you are intelligent, here is what they will say to you, you acting white. So the translation of that must be to talk like a fool is acting black. Black people can be intelligent. Black people can work in an office as a president or a vice president. Black people can be principals of schools. Black people can be vice presidents of banks. Every black person I know just about got a job, a house, a car, some sense. You don't have to be a fool to be black. Where is your pride in your blackness? We come from a proud people. I wish I had somebody to help me preach. We come from a gallant people. They were poor, but they loved God. They were broke financially, but they wasn't broke spiritually. They didn't have the finer things that the world calls the finer things, but they had something money couldn't buy. They had good religion. I wish I had a witness here. They knew how to share with one another. They would pray for one another and their prayers would be, bless us, oh God, with that love that runs from heart to heart. I wish I had somebody who was raised like I was raised. And from breast to breast so that we can feel one another's cares and bear one another's burden. And here we are with two cars in the garage. 
opportunity that they've never had. And we sit down in the Lord's church and act like we don't even know who God is. But somebody ought to help me testify. Their wallpaper was newspaper. But they sang over my head. I hear music in the air. There must be a God somewhere. They had to put cardboard in the bottom of their shoes because they couldn't afford to buy another pair. But on Sunday morning, they sang, I got shoes. You got shoes. All God's children got shoes. And when I get to heaven, I wish I had somebody help me. God was good to them. And listen, Negro, God has been good to you. Stony the road we trod. Bitter the chastening rock. Fell in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat have not our weary feet strayed from the places where our fathers sigh. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading a path through the blood of the slaughter. Out of the gloomy past till now we stand at last where the bright gleam of our star is cast. Fight a good fight. Finish the course. I'm through now. But I'm not talking to the young folk now. I'm talking to some of us old people. Keep the faith. Now you might think that when Paul said keep the faith, you might think he's talking about orthodoxy. Keep the orthodox belief of the faith. Keep the orthopraxy. Keep the practice of the faith. But, but, but theologically and biblically, you don't change metaphors in the middle of a sentence. Paul has one thought going here, and he's not going to change thoughts because he changes what he's trying to get over to them. He's still using an athletic metaphor when he says keep the faith because he's moved from the boxing ring to the track and field event. Now he's moving to a team sport. Paul is saying I've kept the faith, meaning everybody has got to be pulling in the same direction. I can't pull against you if the team is pulling this way. The team is after a victory and if somebody is on the team who does not want to participate, don't fight the captain, get off the team. Wish I had somebody to help me preach right here. It may not be going your way, but it's not supposed to go your way. It's supposed to go God's way. And when it goes God's way, it does not matter who's the captain. What really matters is who's pulling on the backside. 
You, you, you know what the problem is with us Baptists? I'm glad you asked. When we get positions, we take ownership. And anybody new tries to come with an idea, we shut that down because that's not what we used to do. That's not how we did it before. Well, it don't mean it ain't going to work because that's not how you did it before. It's a team effort. And sometimes you got to take one for the team. I wish I had some noise right here. Your idea getting, didn't get picked, just keep on coming up with ideas. Your way did not become the way they want to move, just keep on coming up with ways to move. And even if you never get a chance to get to the leadership, just be a good follower. If you never get a chance to get to the mic to lead a song, be a good choir member. If you never get an opportunity to stand up to preach, clap for the one who's preaching. If you never get a chance to teach a Sunday school lesson, say amen for the teacher who is teaching. If you never get a chance to lead the scholarship committee, just get in the background and say, what can I do to help? Paul is talking about teamwork that makes the dream work and Paul is trying to get over to these people through Timothy that if you fight the good fight of faith and if you finish the race if you keep the faith there's something waiting for you I've kept you long enough but if you fight the good fight if you finish the race Paul said there's a crown. I, I, I told you yesterday, young people, um, be the best at what you can be and the money is going to take care of itself. It, when, when, when you are the best at what you do, you don't have to look for a job. The job will come looking for you. You, you, you just got to be in the right place at the right time and God will put the right people in your life that the stuff you don't know, they'll teach you to get you where you're trying to go. I wish I had somebody to help me close here. Paul is trying to get over to these people through Timothy that when you fight the good fight and when you finish the race and when you keep the faith, there's a crown waiting for you. The crown may be a promotion on your job. The crown may be your loan has been approved and you're able to get the house you're looking for. The crown may be that the relationship that was falling apart might just come back together. The crown may be that child who's walked away from your teachings might now learn some sense and come back on the Lord's side and live. The crown may be that your health that was failing at one time God will start to renew your strength and you'll start coming back to your old self again. You'll start feeling like you used to feel 20 or 30 years ago. 
that may be the crown that Paul is talking about but I really don't think that's the crown Paul was making mention to he's not talking about good health right now he's not talking about wealth right now he's not talking about a raise or a promotion Paul is not talking about a man, a woman, a marriage, or a divorce. What Paul is speaking of right now, if you fight the good fight, if you run your race, if you finish your course, you will hear the Lord say, servant, well done. That's why you work so hard. That's why you sing so loud. That's why you pray so much. That's why you preach every time you get a chance. That's why you try to do good to people at every opportunity. That's why you worship God in spirit and in truth. That's why you're always raising your hands in the sanctuary. That's why you're always telling God thank you. That's why you come to church when you don't feel like it. That's why you're always making so much noise that people look at you like something is wrong with you. Because you want to hear the Lord say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Is there anybody here just running your race this morning? Don't worry about who's running on the side of you. Just put some blinders on and run your race. Don't worry about what they drive. Just run your race. Don't worry about what they wear. Just run your race. Don't worry about where they live. Just run your race. Don't worry about them talking about you. Just run your race. Don't worry if they don't speak to you. Just run your race. Don't get mad if they don't like you. Just run your race. Don't get mad with them because they got mad with you. Just run your race. Don't talk about them because they talked about you. Just run your race. Don't stop speaking to them because they stopped speaking to you. Just run your race. And when it's all over, when it's all over, I wish I had a witness here. When it's all over, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Come up higher. I'll make you ruler over many. Is there anybody here? working for a crown this morning is there anybody here looking for a crown this morning is there anybody here know there's a bright side somewhere is there anybody here no trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land but he'll guide us with his eyes and we'll follow 
until we die. We will understand it. I said we will understand it. We will understand it better by and by. By and by when the morning comes. When all the saints of God are gathered home. We'll tell the story how we've overcome. We'll understand it better by and by. Is there anybody here going to keep on praising, keep on running, keep on working, keep on serving, keep on believing, keep on trusting? God will make a way. Why don't you look at somebody? Tell them, be not dismayed. Whatever. Be tired. God will. God will. God will take care of you. Won't he do it? Won't he take care of you? Won't he do it? Say yes. Say yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I know he's alright. need somebody here who's tried him for yourself I need a witness right now you're not playing with me you know what God can do you've seen God work you watch God fix it you watch God turn it around if you're not playing with me this morning come on and help me tell him thank you thank you thank you for the answer Thank you for the deliverance. Thank you for the food. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my family. Thank you. I've got a home on the other side. If you miss me from singing down here, you can't find me nowhere come on up to bright glory I know he's alright with me he talks with me he tells me I am his own and the joy the joy 
do you have joy? Go ahead and shout. Don't wait till the battle is over. Go ahead. Shout right now. Thank you. Thank you. I know he's all right. in your life. He will put a smile on your face. He will wipe tears from your eyes. He will open the door that was closed in your face. He will He will He will He will He will He will, he will. I know he's all right. 